Success and Other Lies is a podcast where we explore the options we all have to design our most authentic lives. We reflect on the paths we chose and the paths we didn't. Success is not a one-way road. On this show, we hold your hand while we find orientation in this crazy, lovely life. Hi, welcome back to Success and Other Lies. We are Beanie and Lucy. And today we talk about why you should not shy away from the perfect storm. So Lucy, I know you have experienced a couple of perfect storms in your life, but what do you exactly mean by it? So when I talk about my perfect storm moments, I talk about this exhilarating experience that you have sometimes. It just pops up in your life when the stakes are high and everything happens at once and you have to manage all the tasks on your to-do list and it's growing and growing and different projects, uh, personal or professional, come in and you just have to deliver, deliver, deliver and really grow beyond mm. what you thought you were capable of. Mm -hmm. Those are my moments of perfect storm. And why do you think you shouldn't shy away from it? Because I mean, it sounds good in a way, but it also sounds um, scary in a way. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it also sounds super stressful. I, I can already see half of our <laughs> listeners like turning off this podcast, like, <laughs> this person is crazy. Uh, I should not listen to her anymore. No. Um, I just think, like, there's a lot of reasons why you shouldn't shy away from them. I personally just really enjoy the flow that is created when you are in that perfect storm that I just described. It's just really exciting periods of my life. Um, and while they are super stressful, and I most of the time didn't necessarily plan for them to get so out of hand, I just get really excited. You know, I only have that when I am really passionate about what I'm doing. So mm -hmm. there's there's always this huge sense of excitement and usually pride um, there's recognition because people actually recognize when you're doing many things at the t at like one time and they're like, what? How, mm -hmm. how is she managing? So yeah. you get a lot of recognition and positive feedback and you feel great. And I can totally relate. Yeah. And you're just not overthinking, you know, I'm usually I'm a huge overthinker. Mm -hmm. So in those moments, I just go because there is no time. You just can't think about it. And then you just go, 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 go. And I think by not overthinking it, it's easier to achieve a lot. And you would be surprised how much you can still do and do well mm -hmm. just by not overthinking. Just don't wait to waste the thoughts um, and just go for it and, and deliver one thing yes. after the next. Yeah. And it actually makes me think about, well, to think about the perfect storm more about the perfect level of activation. You know, you're not panicking. Ooh, Yes, and neither um, you're bored, you're in the perfect middle um, or perfectly in between. Yeah, I love that because you, you don't have time to panic. So mm -hmm. uh, I, that's actually a really good <laughs> distinction. So I hate those moments when you're you're panicked because mm -hmm. there's too much work. No. I'm talking about the moment after that, like when you're already in the middle of it, like you're in the eye of the storm, you're just functioning <laughs> like those moments where yeah. I honestly feel like you experience 
the height of your own potential. Mm -hmm. You really get somewhere where you didn't think you could push yourself to. Mm -hmm. And for me, that creates a huge sense of trust in my own abilities that like, I just love to experience that once in a while. Yes, I can totally relate because I have had various experiences where I felt the same way. And and it's also interesting what you say about, you know, it's it, it's always situations where you don't have um, time to panic because I also know situations when I panic and I'm like, oh my God, I have so many deadlines. But yeah. sometimes there's these special and very specific moments and they come rarely. Yeah, they don't yeah. happen all the time. They don't happen all the time. And I feel like you have to go in with a certain sense of... Mm. Um, intentional intentionality mm -hmm. is that a word uh, mm -hmm. but it has to be a bit intentional because mm -hmm. like usually for me those situations are created when like I don't want to pass on an opportunity and mm -hmm. then I take it even though there might be something else going on that needs my full attention right now but yeah. sometimes it just like happens that there's a lot of great opportunities at the same time and then you go in with the seeing eye and you're just like okay this is going to be crazy for a bit um i think if if you're familiar with gretchen rubin she calls this a season of sacrifice like you, <laughs> you very intentionally put yourself in a situation mm -hmm. where you know this is going to be a limited period of time where yes. i'm just going to be stressed but it's going to be so worth it yes. so yeah those moments and i know that there are a lot of stories behind um your perfect storm experiences um when was a period in your life where you experienced the very best perfect storm <laughs> i love it the very best <laughs> yes. the, the most perfect perfect storm <laughs> yeah um i think my most perfect storm and also like definitely by far the most productive period in my life if you can say that um people who know me know that i'm a very productive person usually so uh, this was like the height of my <laughs> my productivity <laughs> was um during my masters like that was one of the situations that got out of hand I think I spoke a little bit about it on this podcast already like I did start my master's studies in Sweden I signed up for a master program for for two years and really intended to to stay there actually potentially after my master's too I, I just love Sweden um, but then things got out of hand <laughs> and uh, I, I utterly and completely loved it. So um, what happened was that I actually got into an internship in America um, where I needed a diplomatic visa for, which like I just had no idea how to get, um, six months after I had gotten to Sweden. So I stayed in Sweden for six months and then I got to go to Washington, D.C. for mm -hmm. um, I think it was five months and then I actually got accepted into a double degree program with China um, <laughs> to go right after Washington, basically, um, for one year. Let's so, quickly change three continents in uh, yeah, half yeah, a it was, year. It was mad. Um, and that was not really planned, you know. That was like mm. a situation where I had just applied for all the great opportunities. Mm -hmm. um, so basically, I was just, just desperate, you know. Like, mm -hmm. I thought I couldn't get in anywhere. I thought it was too late to apply anywhere. Um, so I just raised my hand at, at every awesome opportunity. And mm -hmm. um, I mean, I I was quite young. So, I, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I just like, I felt like I was on top of the world and I could just try. Um, yes, I didn't yes. have, you know, no kids, no job. Like, yeah. you just like 
whatever like if I can afford it or or like get a stipend or whatever mm-hmm. um I, I would just go and, and it's just so happened that all of those um things were were possible um at through, the same time <laughs> yeah at the same time so um I just got accepted to actually both Washington and China within the same week um Wow. And like both opportunities were just too good to pass. And it was <laughs> technically humanly possible or so I thought uh, because they were not happening at the same time. So I was like, okay, I'm just gonna, you know, just I just said yes. I didn't think mm-hmm. about it too much, which was very unlike me. But um, I did that and like just that's just the framework actually. Uh, my perfect <laughs> storm kind of happened in between all of that. Um, I think for about one year because I had to first get my visa for Washington. Then while I was in Washington on a diplomatic visa, I actually had to organize for a Chinese student visa Mm -hmm. as a German citizen in America, um, which like obviously didn't work out. (laughs) The Chinese were like, wait, what? No, you're a diplomat. You can't just come into our country. And I'm like, oh, didn't think about that. Um, But that's another story. So uh, huge, huge pressures there. Um, Mm -hmm. It actually turned out that I couldn't get my Chinese visa from there. So I had to do a layover um, in in Germany for 10 days um, in which I organized my Chinese visa to stay, an expedited visa. Uh, It was incredible that that actually worked out. Um, Yes. Yeah. Just insane. Uh, We had to personally drive to the embassy as well. It was like a two and a half hour car ride. My parents were the best. I I didn't drive at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, So they drove me there twice in a a week. And I also got all the vaccinations in the same week that you need. Um, And it was insane. Like they actually told me that you couldn't or you shouldn't do all the vaccinations in such a short period of time, Mm -hmm. of course, because what a crazy strain on the body that's also still in... (laughs) like Mm -hmm. um still trying to recover from a 12-hour flight um yeah so just entire madness so that week was crazy I actually managed to get my visa I think 48 hours or 24 hours before I had to move to China for a year oh my god Um, and then like obviously study in China like I was culture shocked um I imagine didn't speak the language and I was getting a full master's degree there so I also Mm -hmm. had to go through the administrative system so um, if you ever thought about enrolling for even just like submitting your master thesis in a foreign country, stressful, submitting your master thesis with a Chinese supervisor <laughs> in China, double stressful. Oh, and the height dear. of all of this was um, that I actually got invited to speak at a conference um, and like uh, my environmental conscience is screaming, but it was an amazing opportunity. So forgive me. Um, I actually flew to Yale University for... I think it was four days. I wasn't allowed to leave longer because I had to, like, it was really strict how long we could leave um, from university. Oh my so goodness. Got, yeah, so I got invited for a four-day a trip um, to Yale, which is literally on the other end of the world. So it's a it's a 12-hour time difference between Shanghai and, and New Haven. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously, like, that's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. So I went, uh, I took the super long flight, and it just so happened that um, they had moved up the deadline for when we had to submit our master thesis. And obviously, like, obviously that was the same weekend. Um, and obviously I wasn't ready because no one ever oh is ready goodness. with their master thesis ahead of time. So I was actually... No. <gasps> 
like I had a super jet lag. I think I didn't mm-hmm. even try to acclimatize to the time zone. I was just like just existing. So 12 hour time shift. Um, day was night, night was day, entirely turned over. I had to, like, I attended that conference that was super nerve-wracking and exciting, right? Whenever <laughs> do you get to be at Yale? While submitting my master's thesis. Um, and I was actually, after that, like, after the three-day conference, I think I was in, mm. in New York for a day or two, um, just staying at a friend's house, and I think I slept the whole time. <laughs> um, while I was there, I was just so exhausted. Um <laughs> But while I was like finishing up the last touches on my master's thesis, I mm. managed to submit it, um, which is Incredible. also like if you know anything about China, then you know that like they don't have Google, they don't have many of the of the systems that we we have in Europe and America. Mm-hmm. Um, so even just being able to access the portal from abroad, <laughs> like I wasn't sure if that was going to happen. Like. At this point, I didn't know if I could still get my master's degree and mm-hmm. my other master degree was dependent on this one. So it was just madness. I was like, wow. did I do the whole last two years for nothing? Or or am I actually going to graduate from this oh madness? Oh my goodness. So what happened? Sorry, I'm, I'm really, this is a crazy story, but I just you want can, to tell it all. And you can really feel the perfect storm happening. Oh, yeah. And, at and, this but moment. You can still, I hope you can hear how excited I am. Because yes. like, as terrifying as it was... It was so exciting. And you, you haven't heard the best of it yet. Um, so finally, I actually managed to submit my thesis, or so I thought. Um, because, <gasps> yeah, <laughs> gasp. Um, while I was trying to upload it to the system, I got an automated response um, from the system, I think. Or it might have been an email. No, mm-hmm. I got an email the next morning or night or whatever. What What is time at this point? Mm-hmm. So I got an email from the Chinese um, administrative office. And they were saying, you know what? Um, thanks for uploading your master's thesis, but we can't actually accept it. Because it doesn't have a Chinese abstract, like an abstract in Chinese language. (gasps) Now, no one had ever mentioned to me in this whole year that we needed an abstract in Chinese. In Chinese, Um, hello? But you know, there is no rule of law in China. So Mm -hmm. they had just changed the rule or I don't know. After one year, you just don't fight the rules anymore. So Mm -hmm. you're just like, you get new rules, so you follow the new rules. Yes. Um, but that was a real problem because, like, I didn't speak Chinese. Um, I also <laughs> rarely had any Chinese friends, or at mm-hmm. least, like, it's really difficult because you need someone who has the scientific knowledge to translate accurately those, like, English mm-hmm. constructs. Like, it's not yeah. just the words. Like, you need to actually, like, the scientific properly, language yeah properly mm-hmm. translate the meaning behind the concepts for it to make sense um so i had to find someone who both spoke chinese understood enough of the scientific context of a master thesis mm-hmm. to be able to translate it into chinese and third who was willing to do it and basically now <laughs> because and, i had to submit it and, and i was much- at the under end of the world <laughs> And how much time did you have left at that point? Uh, like the deadline had already passed, but I think they gave me an extension oh of a day or so. God. Like I didn't have, I had a few hours. Yes. Um, And that was my perfect storm moment where I was like, you know what? Like my whole, like my whole degree, two degrees depend on this. Mm-hmm. I'm at the other end of the world. It's also, I mean, in China, it must have been day and in America it was night or the other way around you know you like 
most of the people I needed were probably sleeping. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, so I basically like, I don't know. I, I was just like, okay, I need to find a solution. So I actually, I took to Facebook, I think, and I posted, hey, does anyone know anyone <laughs> who speaks Chinese and is willing to help me out? And believe it or not, I actually, um, I found someone. I, I didn't know them personally, but I, I um, like the, um, the person who ran the, the Nordic Center um, at the university that I studied at mm-hmm. Nordic Center because my original master's degree was in Sweden. So we had a connection there um, and I, I knew him and Thanks he was God. friendly enough uh, to actually ask one of his Chinese colleagues to to lend a hand. Um, and just mm-hmm. through the sheer magic of this one person. <laughs> Thank you, Magnus, Jeez. if you're listening to this. Um, <laughs> he really saved my ass that day, if I can say it so bluntly, um, and his colleague as well. And, and they actually sent it back to me within the time frame. I submitted my master's thesis. I graduated. <laughs> I won an award for uh, that thesis. Like, <laughs> I don't know how. Um, it was, I'm almost sweating because it's yeah. such an exciting story. I'm sweating really. again, too. Yeah. So... <laughs> Uh, Sorry, that was a really long story today, but I think, I hope it was a bit entertaining, but what I definitely definitely hope is that you know now what I mean by the perfect storm. (laughs) (laughs) It definitely became very clear, I think, to what um, the perfect storm is for you. you. Have you actually had... A situation after that, I mean, it's, I, I imagine it's hard to keep up with that experience where you felt close to this specific perfect storm. You know what? I don't think I did. I don't think it ever came back. Like, I think anyone, anything after that was just manageable. Mm-hmm. Like, um, it's actually really funny. Um, I think that must have been just before or after to Yale. Oh, it was before. It was actually just before I went to Yale. Um, I was back in Europe for for a winter break, just Christmas mm-hmm. with the family, you know, also just a, a normal person. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got to do a job interview at, yeah. uh, at a big tech company here here in Dublin. Uh, <laughs> spoiler alert, I did get the job. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, that's why I live here now. So... Um, I actually got to do this this job interview and I mean that's that was like just in between jet setting from one continent to the other and and like doing the conference and, and writing on my master thesis overnight while like other students were partying in my building like I was like stressed mm-hmm. out and like managing everything at the same time and so I was in this job interview like high pressure I, I did want a good job after after graduation um, and they asked me tell me about a time when you managed multiple things at once. And I just burst into laughter. Um, it was the most unprofessional response I ever had in an interview, but I just, like, I couldn't hold it. Like, I was just like, you know what? You can throw whatever you want at me. Yes. Um, I think I probably, like, I, I hadn't gone to Yale yet, so I couldn't have told that story. But yeah. you know, just like living in China and studying there and like, Back yeah. and forth. I think I probably told the story about how I tried to get my visa. Um, and she was just looking at me and, and she was like, yeah, okay, now I understand. <laughs> In 40 minutes, you <laughs> told her all the story. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So I think anything after that, like I was just really confident. And that goes back to my initial mm-hmm. point about like trusting yourself. Yes. Um, It really yeah. mattered that I had had that experience that I 
that I prove to myself that you can actually, mm-hmm. no matter what life throws at you, if you keep calm and if you have a support system, thank you again, Magnus, <laughs> um, then, you know, if you can manage once, then mm-hmm. you're not scared anymore of it the next time. Yes. And there's another component that I was just uh, thinking about because I remember similar experiences where I felt there's so many opportunities coming up in my life. I really have to, I have to go for it now, you know, also having the feeling for the timing when you see there is something very unique and I will probably not ever experience something similar again. Um, Yes. And also, um, did you go for it? I did, of course. (laughs) For me, it was also um, um, something connected with having the opportunity to travel abroad and to work in a foreign country. It was um, before I went to Costa Rica. And for me, it was as well um, very, very exciting because I also felt I have never really had the opportunity to really travel a lot or to have um, stays at um, high schools, you know, in 10th degree. So I was like, I urgently want to do this. And um, and yes, there was a lot of there were a lot of things happening at the same time, but it felt really fulfilling and good. And so I can really, really relate to your experience. Yeah, I love that. And honestly, like, uh, it's such a cliche, but life is short. And mm-hmm. if you do have the privilege to try something out, even if it feels like it's big and it, mm-hmm. it might be stressful or it might be overwhelming, like if you're not utterly convinced that it's going to be unhealthy for you or, you know, I don't want you to take on too much, but don't decide from a an, a point of fear mm-hmm. um, not to do it. Like yes. sometimes you just want to consciously make the decision that that perfect storm for Mm -hmm. a limited period of time and I want to reiterate that is a good thing to do like sometimes you just have to be glad that you have the privilege to do whatever crazy thing that life throws at you and just do it and think about it later figure it out later it's all going to work out (laughs) yes I was actually gonna say that um, exactly this that it's it's a privilege right and the realization of just that um, it's so important to go for it um, if you realize that this is a unique privilege that I have um, at the moment. I have to make the fullest of it. Yeah. Right. Yes. And what a great feeling of success. Like just mm-hmm. we talk a lot about success in, in this podcast, but to me, this is so outstanding because, you know, it's the situation where you're truly challenged, authentically challenged. It's not like a, a picture perfect Instagram moment challenge. It's like you're actually struggling. You're actually mm. doing all the work that it takes to succeed. Like it yes. wasn't an easy process. Like what I told you earlier, like all of those moments were incredibly stressful. Like they didn't feel good while they were happening. But at the same time, I always had a sense of achievement that mm-hmm. was earned because yes. I, like, yeah, I, I decided consciously to do it and then I put in the work and I kept myself from spiraling and yeah. Yeah. Yes, I can totally relate. But I also want to ask you a question. Do it. <laughs> How 
is it actually for you in a normal, let's say normal life yeah. situation? How, how does it feel for you then? How can you be productive? <laughs> I ask myself that every day. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, that's a really, it's a really good question. Um, because I do notice, I mean, right now we live in this like weird COVID-19 world. Um, in Ireland, we've actually been more or less quarantined all for a year and, and mm -hmm. I've been really strict um, with the adhering to the rules as well. Mm -hmm. So honestly, there's just not much happening. And it's really difficult, even if I wanted to not relating this to travel but just in general like there's not no crazy things happening right there's work and there's family and there's maybe looking after your well-being as good as you can and I think those are the three things that we can do right now um so there isn't much happening I don't know maybe mm. maybe other people do but I don't I'm just I'm just trying to survive um yeah. but like in moments like this I'm really asking myself um How can I get myself to that, how you called it, the perfect level of activation yes. where I actually want to do things? Because it really is difficult for me to be productive when I don't have the opportunity to throw myself into a perfect storm. And that yes. might not be entirely healthy. I don't know. <laughs> this, is, this is not a self-help <laughs> self <-help>, uh, <laughs> podcast. Um, this is not medical advice. But um, yeah, look. It is difficult um, to be as productive as you are in those periods of time. I think it's a very different experience. Um, but it's normal to be at a normal level of productivity. And I, I think I, maybe I didn't point that out enough earlier. Um, so I want to make it really clear now. Like living in a perfect storm is not a lifestyle. Your lifestyle will always be a normal level of productivity And that's good. And that's healthy. Like if you want to take the analogy of of running, you know, if you're if you're trying to be a runner, mm -hmm. you have to sprint sometimes to to train your your muscles, your cardiovascular system. Like you sometimes need that sprint to get to the next level. Yes. But you're not sprinting the whole time. And living in a perfect storm is really sprinting. And yeah, it's just for the sake of your mental health, your well-being and also your physical health, like, don't do it for too long. Do it in bursts. Do it mm -hmm. um, intentionally. And when you actually know that you have the capacity and uh, capability to do it. So, yeah, it shouldn't be the expectation that you're as productive as you are in a perfect storm in your normal life. And I certainly am not. Uh, mm -hmm. I do my, my normal job and... Uh, Sometimes I do more of it. Sometimes I do less of it. I usually do quite a lot of it, but that's just because that is a focus of mine and, and because I yeah. enjoy it. And sometimes yeah. we record two sessions. And sometimes we, we do the podcast too. Yeah, it's like, you it know, is. that's also, it's a choice. It's an additional thing that's happening. And, uh, you know, that actually, I actually want to, to jump on that um, because I think, During the pandemic, recording this podcast or having other creative mm -hmm. projects or doing something charitable is actually really helpful for me. Like it actually helps me be more productive in my regular job, even though it puts a lot more work on me. Um, and I yes. think that's like a mini version of a perfect storm, maybe. Maybe I didn't yes. notice. <laughs> 
I feel the very same and um, I can really relate and I really like the metaphor that you used comparing a perfect storm and a normal day with a run because that's what it basically is. And still I feel, you know, all these very exciting um, periods in our lives are the ones that we most um, remember and think about, right? Yeah, I mean, look, if you think about when you were successful and I kind of want to bring this back to authentic success as well mm -hmm. just because for me it felt successful to like be able to manage all the admin behind getting visas and changing continents and moving to a different country and getting my degree that doesn't have to mean that is what is your success you mm -hmm. know like A perfect storm could also be managing to uh, get all your child's doctor's appointment, taking care of your mother and yes. managing like a, a half time or a full time job at the same time. Like yeah. that can be your perfect storm. I'm not saying you have to. I mean, if you have caring <laughs> um, responsibilities, obviously you can't always choose your perfect storm, right? Mm. But you could have one week where you say, okay, you know what? All of those things that have been lying around like all of those letters that I didn't have time to respond to or you know just like make it a one period where you really commit to the storm and you're like okay yes. I'm going in I'm doing it and like feel that energy burst that you get from it that sense of accomplishment and that feeling of success yes I think that is a very achievable thing even even during lockdown and COVID times like mm -hmm. uh, maybe I'll take my own advice and, and do that sometime <laughs> yes yes and also give it a positive connotation if possible as well um, and it makes me curious actually also to hear from from you guys from our audience when you experienced a perfect storm the last time and when you felt something brings you to your full um, potential yeah i would love to hear that too i think yes. you should send us your stories about your perfect storms or even the perfect storms that you're creating for yourselves really looking forward to hearing and to reading your stories and that's it for today we hope you enjoyed this episode and enjoyed to hear about lucy's perfect storm stories If you did, please subscribe, rate and review us everywhere where you can listen to podcasts, um, tell your friends and colleagues about it. And if you want to share your perfect storm stories with us, um, you can do so on Instagram at successandotherlies or send us an email at successandotherlies at gmail.com. Thanks, bye. <laughs> <laughs>